I'm trying to be that that deadbeat booty call that you just don't want in your life, but you need so bad. You're listening to Social Misfit. What's going on, Misfits? 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 <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, I am so happy to be back. You know what? I'm not even going to do all of that because I know if you are a diehard misfit like myself, you know me like I do myself. And you're like, come on, Chloe, we don't want to hear this again. We don't want to hear you talking about how you're going to all of a sudden get it together and how you're going to be really focused this time. And you're so busy. But let me just let you know, all those things still apply. And I mean them. I still mean it. Uh, The truth of the matter is, I have been dealing with a a tough bout of a post book pardon. Yeah, that's correct. Post book pardon. Um, this is me dealing with post book pardon. I call it post book pardon because I finished my book. I finished my book. Uh, I mean, I guess now I can be like, yeah, my book is finished, but it's not because it's actually sitting right here on my on my um dining room table my bible I'm getting it it's sitting right here on my dining room table because I have to finish my on the page edits there's several rounds of edits that you do when you're dealing with a book and that's the thud uh and um and initially the book was supposed to come out September 24th and then as we got closer to my original, you know, start rallying the troop date, uh, my editor came up with suggestions that we move it back. There are a couple big name people who come out in September. My book is now going to come out January 7th. And so once that book was pushed back, you know how you hype up yourself, especially when you are like myself, a uh, an introvert. You have to hype yourself up to be like, all right, this is it. I'm going to start smiling and kissing babies and shaking hands. I got to start, you know, I got to get my social media to get like, once you get yourself when you're hyped up, you know, that once the first obstacle is done, now the second obstacle and you're just like, all right, full steam ahead. When they said, oh, you got, you got six more months, honey. I said, Ooh, let me sit down. (laughs) Let me sit down and take a minute. (laughs) Because she's been working, honey. She's been working really hard. And I haven't felt like doing anything. And then the other part of it is I haven't felt like doing anything except for performance, stand-up comedy, which I do very regularly. Go to ChloeHillier.com to see my dates. And um, and I was like, well, let me come back, but I want to come back better. And I decided that I wanted to start videotaping my podcast. So I got this great idea to shoot my podcast. And the camera that I had at first was a, a loner from a friend. Thank you, Monroe Martin, for letting me use your Mevo, M-E-V-O. And the Mevo is great, but it's not great for low light settings and just like unstable uh, views because it is a panoramic, almost like a panoramic. So everything is like warped. It's like that Missy Elliott, me, I'm super fly, super, super fly. I can't stand the rain lens at Hype Williams. Like, ooh, am I having a bout of, you know, topsy-turvy? Or is that just the way Hype Williams wanted to style this cinematic masterpiece starring Busta Rhymes and Jenna Jackson? 
Anywho, so that camera wasn't really working out. So I shot two episodes with that camera and I didn't like the way it, it looks, but I'm going to still use the footage. I'm still going to chop it up and I'm still going to release those podcasts as just straight audio with just like um, highlights on video. And then I got this camera that I'm using right now. It's like a tiny little 4K camera, which was crucial to me. I wanted a 4K camera for crisp, crisp, crisp. That's your little ASMR for today's episode video footage. And I ordered one and then I ordered another one and then I ordered another one. I ordered three. Actually, I ordered two and got one for free. Shout out to DB Power. If you ordered a camera on Amazon and then you fill out like a little survey at the time, I don't know if it still applies. If you filled out a survey, basically just saying like, I like the camera, they sent you another camera. So I started out with one camera. I loved it. I got a second one. Now I got three. So now, you know, in the back of my mind, I think I am Martina Scorsese, you know, and my I am, you know, Spikatina Lee. I am, you know, out here Ridley Scott in it. So I'm like, oh, I got a three camera setup. I'm going to use my brother's photography studio. I'm going to set up these cameras. But you know what? I tried that and it didn't really work because I didn't have the right angles. So Long story short, the reason why I am telling you all of this about my happy-go-lucky, trigger-happy, buy stuff and don't finish it, uh, lazy behind, is because that all has contributed to the delaying of me posting podcasts again. Not to mention, not to damn mention, I recorded two great episodes months ago, like, Oh, damn. When was I in Vegas? I was in Vegas in May. Yes, right after The Tonight Show. I did The Tonight Show. Um, May 24th, it aired. And that following Monday, I was in Vegas. So I shot I two amazing um, audio podcasts with Mike Yard, great comedian. You may have seen him on the Comedy Central, uh, The Nightly Show. He's the voice of Michael Strahan and Sarah, the Michael Strahan and Sarah show on ABC. Great amazing podcast and then I shot then I recorded another episode with a dear friend of mine from elementary school uh Jarrell C DJ CEO Green his name is DJ CEO he's based in Las Vegas so I, I recorded him when I was in Vegas and don't you know my dumb ass fucking accidentally deleted both of those I haven't even told them yet I haven't even told them that I deleted their episodes because I feel so bad but I'm gonna have to reshoot it of course like absolutely must so that on combination of trying to do too much, uh, overproducing, trying to overproduce and just like being lazy, having post bookpartum led me to the point where it's been a very long time since I posted a podcast, but I am doing this and I'm not going to say I'm back. I'm not going to do no grandiose, you know, I'm a fix the world, heal the world. We all the people nonsense, but I am excited about this little setup that I have going on right now in my house. I definitely am going to still have guests. I just need to figure out a way. I think probably the best thing is just to shoot it in my house at this point. Like really, because I know how I want it to look. So, and that's the biggest, biggest, biggest lesson that I need to handle, not handle. That's the biggest lesson I need to come to terms with about myself, which is I, um, I have great, I have great ideas. I thought I muted this. I have great ideas. I have good execution. My follow through is average. 
but I need help. And I realized that going into 2020 and just really thinking about all the things that I want to accomplish, I can't keep trying to do everything myself. And I know that it's like the calling card of a strong black woman. I don't need no help, but honey, I need help. I need somebody that's going to edit these videos. I need somebody that's going to like come and just work with me on project ideas. I need somebody who is there for me through thick and thin and who's not going to steal all my money like Adrian Peterson. How the hell you go through a hundred million dollars and don't realize that you ain't got a hundred million dollars. Adrian Peterson is a former NFL player. And I just saw the headline that he doesn't have any money. He owes millions to debt collectors. And if you owe millions of debt collectors, you need to get yourself on over to Instagram, Adrian, because every other post that I see is about how to erase your credit report and get them debts off. And if you have a medical debt, they got to take it off because of HIPAA. And if you have an education um, debt, you can wrinkle them on down to like, you know, 20 cents on the dollar. So Adrian, go go log into your your little secret Instagram account and get you a 1-800 number. Somebody going to wipe your credit cleaner than a Brillo pad on the fish grease pot. I have things that I do want to talk about other than myself. I definitely smoked before this episode. I've been smoking all day because I took today off from life and... This is the biggest accomplishment of the day, which is getting this uh, audio and video podcast recorded. You can watch this video by clicking the link in the description. It's going to be a private link for just the people who listen to this. If you share it with folks, that's fine, but I'm not going to push it out because I want the people who actually listen to the podcast to enjoy it. Okay, today is July 24th. Wednesday, July 24th. In the headlines, we have uh, the Mueller hearing. Now, I ain't gonna lie to you. I, I cut off all my cable uh, months back. I I watched television via a fire stick. I was about to lie on myself. A fire stick. Okay. I, 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 watch, I watch things on a fire stick. Don't ask me what kind of fire stick I got, but I got one. So I don't really watch time I don't really watch TV in real time, but I was on Twitter and I was seeing things here and there. Thankfully, they air everything live on Twitter anyway. So, I mean, who wants to pay for anything? You could just have a free ass Twitter account and watch the Super Bowl. You can watch basketball games. You can watch Final Four. Like, and now you can watch the Mueller hearing. So I watch parts of it. And I think um, I think that people are going to misconstrue Mueller's why the fuck am I here attitude with him not knowing what he's talking about? Like you ever get into a conversation with somebody who you know is beneath you and who's so dumb or who didn't do the research and now you got to sit here and listen to their questions that you already answered in your report that they didn't read. So a lot of times and he was like, excuse me, what? Can you say that again? Me and like, why am I wasting my time? Uh, I don't agree with that. Like that, he said in so many ways, like y'all not making no sense. He said it in so many nice ways because he's practicing. He was practicing for this for weeks. He did practice rounds of like questions that he would get. And I'm sure all his questions that he got in his practice rounds was much better than what he actually got. Which brings me to the point of people loving to be loud and wrong. I know this sounds um like very obtuse of me to say such a thing as I'm talking into a microphone, but People today love to be loud and wrong. When you look at the people who are questioning him and trying to like spin it to make it seem like he didn't say anything that could lead to the impeachment or the arrest of folks associated with this administration. Do you see everything that I had to say to just not say, you know, who last name exactly. Um, 
it was a lot. It was a lot of people just yelling wrong things and just assuming things and just trying to get him to incriminate himself. And it's just like, we are really led by a group of fools. And then you see over in the UK, they done hired that conservative guy over here. I mean, it's a grown ass man over there going to be the new prime minister. And he has a whole bowl cut. He got an entire bowl cut in 2019. I know the Europeans hold on to tradition and they're very stush, but he could have updated his hairstyle in the year of our Lord 2019. Who, what grown ass man is sitting in the barber's chair being like, I, I want a medium sized bowl, like a cereal bowl cut this week. Next week, maybe I'll do a fruit bowl, but this week I want to trim it up a little bit with a cereal bowl cut. Hit me, hit them bangs right. Hit them bangs right. You can't, you gotta be, something gotta be wrong with you if you still got bangs as a grown ass man. This man got, I don't even know his name, um, Boris Bonson. Let me look it up. I mean, I don't really care to look it up, but let me just see if I can really quickly. But yeah, so I mean, it just shows you that like people love to be loud and wrong. I know one thing, uh, shout out to the island of Puerto Rico. I mean, if you go ahead and overturning your, your corrupt governor now, you might as well go ahead, go to full route and emancipate yourself from the United States of America and charge us a, a fucking whopping stack of money to come there and, and be tourists. Get your, get your uh, Caribbean island on because there's no reason why after the way this country has treated y'all, y'all need to just be like, you know what? We good. We out. We are out of here. What is his name? Now, this is the sad part about Twitter. When you do try to look something up that you know you just saw, um, and it's gone already. And it's like, but y'all, y'all don't update mad stuff. And when I actually care about something, I can't see it in the news anymore. Okay, hold on. United. Uh-oh. What's his name? Boris. I think his name is Boris. Boris Johnson. Boris damn Johnson. Prime Minister, you United Kingdom. Mm-mm. Mm, this man got a whole mop top bowl cut. Okay. So, you know, the people of um, the UK are already feeling what we feel. You know, today, if you don't know, Mueller basically said the Russians were behind everything that we already know happening and they're still doing it and that the administration was in cahoots and that does not exclude them from collusion or, you know, pressing charges once they leave the office. So all of that is a... Uh, is good and well um I mean it's not good and well it's like what what now what do you want us to do now and I do a joke recently I started doing this joke about how I don't I don't protest I don't protest because I mean this is the joke the joke is I don't protest I've protested since I was in elementary school legit like walkouts and everything over apartheid and Nelson Mandela getting out and over proposed uh, summer program cuts in New York City. I walked out in high school. I walked out in college. Like I definitely did my fair share. But now that I'm a woman of a certain age, um, mama's not trying to be out here in these streets like that. Now, the joke basically says, I don't want to be out here because I'm tall, which I am. And and I stand over most people in a crowd. So as soon as they start with them rubber bullets, tap, tap to the dome, I'm gone. And I mean, I don't have life insurance for that. So we need to figure out another way for me to go. Because being shot in the street over some rubber bullets is not how I want my tombstone to read. And then also, you know, the other joke is like tear gas and all this stuff rising to the top because I'm tall. But I'm not really trying to 
I'm not really trying to be out here like that. Like I will, I will do my part in other ways. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm being honest. Okay. And I, and put it like this. When I get moved to the point to be out in the streets, then yes, it, it, I, I will be of the mindset of burn this motherfucker down. Like that's the other part. It's like, I don't want to just be in the streets to be in the streets and then go back home. Like I want to be in the streets and be like, oh, I know a direct correlation to me being in the streets is X, Y, and Z happened, you know, but mm, I don't know. I guess I'm talking from a, a place of privilege because even though we're going through all the stuff that we're going through in this country, I still know that I have like a stable foundation. I have a place to live. I have food in my refrigerator, even though I haven't gone food shopping in about four weeks, which is very sad. Uh, but you know, I have money to get takeout. Like I'm very, you know, when, when we had this heat wave these last couple of days, I had the AC on for the majority of the day. I mean, I'm not rich, but I feel like that is an accomplishment. <laughs> I'm being facetious, but like, I don't want people to think that I'm like dead ass shitting on folks. Cause I could run my AC all day. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I smoked. So this is me being a little bit of an asshole, but not a, like genuine malicious person. Um, I guess shady is the word I'm looking for. Yes, I'm being shady. So um, I don't know where I stand as far as like getting up and doing shit, but I do know that I want my work. I want my work to definitely speak to what's happening. And last night, I just remember last night, I taped an episode of this week at the Comedy Cellar at the Comedy Cellar. So every Friday for the summer, Comedy Central is airing a weekly topical comedy show of comics. I know there's a lot of comics comedy right now. And we basically get topics of the week and we talk about the week's topics, which is what I do with you guys when I do these things and other and other stuff. And so last night there was a woman in the audience and she was like in the front row, older white woman. And then after the show, she came up to me. She goes, you know, what you do is so important. What you do is so important. She goes, I live in Florida. I live in the villages. And if you know, if you don't know the villages, the village, the villages are uh, like retirement communities for people who've retired from all over the country and they all move down to the villages and they're super conservative, super conservative. Like I'm pretty sure like 99.9% of the people voted for Trump. Right. And the people who didn't vote for him don't tell anybody until they talk to a person of color. They'd be like, you know, I didn't vote for him. But when they around white people, they'd be like, yeah, that's crazy. Right. So she came up to me. She was like, you know, I live in the villages and everybody's like a Trump supporter. And it's like so difficult. So that's why when I come up here, I really appreciate being able to come to like these live comedy shows because you guys really speak on things and you make us look at things differently. And I really was like very happy to hear that from this woman because that is what I want to do. Like that is what my comedy is about. And when people ask me what your comedy is about, I really don't have an answer, but I do know how I want people to feel. I want people to feel uh, supported. I want people to feel challenged. I want people to feel pushed to investigate things that I say for themselves. You know, I like to drop statistics and stuff in my material just because I want people to not, not think that I'm just sitting in some fantasy land and making shit up for no reason. Like I'm not, I'm not cultivating jokes from no experience in life. And I think that when she came up to me, it really made me, it made me happy because, you know, a lot of times we do this thing or whatever it is that you do for your profession and you don't really have anybody that's giving you a uh, real time feedback. And, and yes, laughing from an laughter from an audience is definitely real time feedback, but 
people could be laughing for different reasons. You don't know that you could be laughing at you with you. They could be laughing at the wrong thing of the joke that you didn't intend to be the funniest thing. So you don't really know. But when somebody walks up to you and it's like, Hey, what you did up there really touches my heart and my mind. That's like amazing. Which brings me to another topic. Um, uh, wait, if you aren't a comedian or also not a XXX Tentacion fan. I I don't know how to say his name, but I'm not trying to disrespect this man because he's been through enough this past week. Um, then you haven't heard this story that I'm about to tell you. You you probably have no idea what this this topic is about. So there's a comedian. Her name is Dina Hashem. She is an an Arab woman, Arab American. She's an American woman of Arab descent who did a joke last season on that comedy seller show that I was talking about on comedy central and in anticipation of season two, which is now airing, they played a clip of her set from last year. And at the time when she recorded the set, she did a joke about the rapper XXX young guy, light skin, colorful dreads. He was uh, brutally murdered in his car. He had just bought a car, pulled off the lot or, or something like that. And was shot by two robbers. And he had $50,000 on him at the time of his untimely, brutal, cruel death. And so her joke about it was, yes, it's tragic. He passed away. And also trying to like explain to the audience who he is, because it's like a mostly white audience. Let's just be real. So it was a lot of like nervous energy, laughed, laughing of being like, you guys don't know who he is, but he's a rapper and this happened to him. So very like cliff note of his life and then goes into him having that much money on him and basically was like well when I watched when I read the news I thought wow this is this will be a great commercial for Venmo now the joke can get a, a chuckle you may think it's just is distasteful I thought it was a funny joke I thought it was a joke about Venmo and I thought that it, all of the other stuff about his his untimely death it's it's par for the course there's been so many people who've been murdered throughout the history of mankind especially throughout the history of stand-up comedy and you talk about it you joke about it and you bring a point to it that people don't think about and you keep it moving but for some reason another comedian um, who I'm not going to name decided that he wanted to attack the clip now when he first attacked the clip, I took it as he was hating on her joke. He didn't like her material. He has since tried to clarify that it wasn't that he was hating on her joke. He just was mad about the white people laughing about the death of a black man in the joke. Now, I am not about to sit here and split hairs with you. I'm not about to go down a rabbit hole of what his intentions were, what his intent was. I don't know what what he thought was going to happen as a result. But basically, his critiquing of this clip and amplifying it on his personal timeline, which shows you, even though you may not think you have a lot of people following you, you have people following you and anything that you post out there with, with, you know, a lot of emotion behind it is going to generate a lot of conversation and people will take it and carry it and go to another place that you never even anticipated. His response and reposting of this tweet of this clip spread. And then it, and it got to the, the ravenous, ravenous fans of triple x and then also got to the comedy community so you have two groups of people who are arguing with each other over the validity or sensitivity of this joke now 
I've been a journalist for a long time, maybe almost, I'm creeping up on comedy for as many years as I've been, or had been a working professional journalist. So I understand trauma. I've reported on deaths. Um, some that I would joke about now, some that I would not. I understand people who have lost. I've I've interviewed folks who, who have lost a loved one. I, I I understand the the emotional turmoil that people go through. Now that's one part of humanity. The other part of humanity is taking fucked up situations and bringing levity to it. That is what we do as human beings on a daily basis. You can trip down the street and at that moment of your big toe hitting that elevated piece of curb, your mind says, am I going to roll with this and keep it moving? Or am I going to lay out here in the street and get sympathy? We go through these, we go through that split decision every single day. So it really ground my gears up when, um, when people started attacking uh, Dina Hashem because I know what comedy is about. I know what comedy is for. I know why we have it. And and it's interesting because you notice, maybe you don't, but a lot of developing countries, a lot of third world countries don't have comedy because they don't have a way to make a juxtaposition to the turmoil and strife that they're enduring. But you'll notice once a country starts getting its bearings um religious zealots and like um dictatorship notwithstanding they tend to start creating a comedy scene because now they have some life experience now they have some time some space removed from the trauma to begin to uh break it down in in another way that it's not so painful so that's a lot of times when comedians go through traumatic experiences, whether it's like a breakup or an illness or a job loss or, you know, lost TV show pilot. They don't really ever talk about it because that raw emotion is still there. And I think here in America, clearly we've had enough time from our traumatic experiences to start to talk about them. That's why you get jokes about slavery. That's why you get the jokes about the civil rights movement. You know, you, it happens because we've had time to process it. At least uh, people of color have, because it's our reality and we have people in our family who can talk about it. I can't speak to folks of other um, racial and cultural backgrounds, but I know my experience has been definitely shaped and molded by people who have been through some shit. And that's why the hairs on the back of my neck rise up when I walk into a situation. I'm like, oh, this is what my ancestors are talking about. Let me keep my third eye open. So the whole argument over what is right and what is wrong when it comes to comedy really, really, really got me heated this week. It really got me heated this week because for one, we have like an unspoken rule in comedy where you don't attack another comic. You just don't. You don't attack another comic publicly over their material. And this is my little asterisk. Unless they stole it from you. If they stole it from you, then you can like kick in the door, waving a four or four retweet like, yo, what's good. This is my material like that. I think that's justified, but you also have to have proof that they stole it. So like make sure right after you call them out, you have like your clip in the, in the, in the chamber to blast it out there. But other than that, I don't think that you should be attacking someone over, over their comedy material. It's just, I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way. So 
that has been this past week. Um, another funny thing that I saw was, um, and now granted, I know when I normally do my misfit moments, it's like I'm traveling or like explaining something that happened to me personally. But like I said, I haven't really been doing nothing for the past couple of weeks. I've been home just performing at night, writing material. So I'm giving you a lot more headlines. So I don't know. I don't know if you should get used to this or not, because I don't know what, what it's going to be. But um, I'm just trying. My goal is to just turn on the camera and, and, and press record at least once a week uh, between now and, you know, 2020 when my book comes out. So I can stay consistent and show a track record. <sighs> so all the things you got to do to align, align your opportunities, align your maximum capabilities. You have to step up to the occasion and, and do the work so that when people discover you, it's like, oh my God, where have you been? Um, That was for me, not for you. But something that made me laugh, a couple things that made me laugh this week. Number one, Natalie Portman is going to be the female Thor like girl. <laughs> girl you are five three 118 pounds okay honey i poop you out on green smoothie day like let's not natalie Palmer, you cannot carry that hammer girl like you are the type of woman that walks around the street holding a yoga mat and a half a pint of ice cream like ooh, it's too heavy <laughs> who's gonna help me <laughs> who's gonna hold my spoon <laughs> and yes it may sound like i'm body shaming you damn right i'm body shaming because i am six one over 200 pounds i should be a motherfucking hero i should be storm i should be whatever black marvel character that's out there i want to be a hero and i'm not saying it on some like i'm gonna be a hero and and i'm not gonna pull up no billboard in front of and stan lee grave and be like the next marvel heroine is chloe Elliott. come see me on some tyler perry shit I'm not doing that, but I'm just saying I would like to play a hero and I probably would have to write that role myself. And I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about it. That's another thing people kind of annoy me with. It's like you want something to happen, but then you want somebody else to do it for you. It's like if you mad about something, you have to do it yourself and make that way possible. But yeah, Natalie Portman, girl, you're too small to be. <laughs> it just it's just so many layers to it. It's just so many layers to like tiny white women being heroes in these movies and it's like in real life you know you calling a manager like legit calling a manager and crying legit calling a manager crying and saying somebody hit you <laughs> let's not even play let's not even play that game let's not do it um forever 21 i don't really buy your clothes because i'm well over 21 but y'all are really shady as hell for packing atkins diet cereal bars in packages of clothes ordered by plus size women who does that? Who does that? That I know they're going to say was like, oh, it was like a snafu. It was a mistake. We didn't realize that we were only sending it to the people whose dress sizes were double digits. But somebody over there should know better. OK, Forever 21 is a family owned business. It is owned by a South Korean American family. The husband and wife moved over here and he started selling like cheap clothes in California and a strip mall. And then he bought more locations and sold more clothes and then created you know it morphed into forever 21 and it's still a privately held company right now it's run by him and his two adult daughters so one of y'all should have known that atkins was not the move putting it into boxes just one of y'all maybe a little cousin who is who's in charge of uh email marketing and promotion maybe he slipped up I don't know, but I know somebody in your family who work over there dropped the ball. I, I, I'm sure it's somebody in the family. I don't know how y'all going to rectify that situation, but I don't know. Sad thing about it is the wrapper for that Atkins bar probably lasts longer than all your clothes. So 
ladies, it's not a it's not a complete loss. You got something that's going to sit in your closet for months successfully without degrading itself. Okay, um, I think I'm done. I am very happy with myself. I probably will do some light edits on this. I'm not sure. I might just keep it as it is uh, because that's another part of the process of me postponing my productivity. It's trying to perfect everything. There's a lot of P's. I'm back. I'm here. I'm doing this. And this is very simple. I can, I can, I can get this done every week. This, I can definitely get done every week. Maybe we just rejigger the focus of the podcast where it's mostly misfit moments. And then every once in a while, when I have a guest, we have a big guest. So we can all, you know, let me know what you think about that. I want to be, I'm trying to be in your life. I'm trying to be consistent. I'm trying to be here, girl. I'm trying to be the one you call. I'm trying to be here, boy. That's who I am. I'm that that what is that oh my god i'm about to try and quote uh lorenz tate in love jones i'm your something in your hip girl trying to be the something in your right is that all right all right bye guys thanks for checking me out this has been a misfit moment with me chloe hilliard and i adore you